Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. You are darn right. It's Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talk for 1480 KQAM. What's up? Welcome into another Saturday morning, getting you up and moving for the weekend. Our final episode of Kansas Talk for 2022 going into the new year as we have Christmas Eve next week. We have New Year's Eve the week after that. We are ready to rock and roll. So, hey, we have a one heck of a show lined up for you today. I don't want to waste any time because we have limited time. I overbooked on guests today, which is awesome because there's a lot of things to talk about to wrap up this year, get ready for next year. Coming up in about 15 minutes, 10 minutes now, we have Rick Santorum, former U.S. Senator from the state of Pennsylvania. He'll be on with us live as he's speaking with the Convention of States movement. We'll talk about what's going on with the Convention of States, what they're going to be working on in our state legislature this year, the reversal of Roe v. Wade that happened earlier this year, and the Roe rule that Democrats have tried to implement and how we can fight against some of that. Bottom of the hour, Dr. Christina Gonzalez, Hope Family Medicine in the El Dorado area. We'll talk about some medical stuff, how to keep uh, healthy during the cold season, during the flu season, the tridemic that's scaring all of the health officials across the nation. <laughs> and coming up next hour, we'll have Davis Liquor Outlet come on and chat as we do around the holidays, talk about some of your favorite drinks during the family get-togethers, which are sometimes much needed during the family get-togethers during the holidays. So, big show for you. We'll also take some of your phone calls and wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Right off the bat, though, I want to kick off. I don't want to waste any time as we have limited time here with this guy. I'm really excited to have him back on. As you know, this last week, the big headline in Kansas, at least, and nationwide, has been the leak of the Keystone Oil Pipeline in Washington County and the northern portion of the state that shut down the Keystone oil pipeline. Uh, Overall, they started picking back up here, I think, uh, over the last day or so, uh, getting things back on track, except for this area. 14,000 barrels of oil that have been spilled here in Kansas, the largest oil spill from the Keystone history. What the heck's going on there, and how are the efforts to get things back on track? Really happy to have this guy back on the program. He's with Kansas Strong, which you can find online, Mr. Warren Martin. Warren, how are you, you, brother? Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you, Andy, and all your listeners. It's great to be with you. Yeah, it's good to talk with you. From what you've heard, talk about the latest uh, out of there. I know that they've cleaned up a lot of it. I've seen, what, like 71 fish and like four different mammals. We've been able to recover near two to 3,000 barrels of the oil and tried to process some of that again. We're trying to clean up the rivers, but what the heck happened here? What's your thoughts on all this? Well, uh, you know, they really haven't released any information on what the cause of the spill was. That's still under investigation. That's going to be really important to reopening that segment that goes through Kansas and uh, part of Nebraska, Kansas, and down into Oklahoma to Cushing. Uh, but right now, remediation efforts are underway. They do have booms across the rivers. It's catching most of the oil. The oil on the rivers is the easiest to clean up. They vacuum pump it off of the top. They've sent in over 250 crews to uh, do the cleanup. Uh, working with the EPA. They also have third-party environmental uh, specialists that are in there overseeing all the operations. So it looks like everything is being done according to the book and uh, getting the full remediation. And one one thing that people don't understand, really two things. Number one, pipelines are the safest way to transport oil. They're safer than trains. They're safer than trucks. They are the safest way to transport, transport oil. 
one of the main reasons you hear about these and it's making such huge news is because they are so rare. And I know the news media is trying to build this list of all of these leaks, but there are millions of miles of pipelines across the United States. Um, and millions and millions of barrels of oil go down those pipelines every single day. And they are the safest way to transport oil. And secondly, anytime a spill like this happens, anytime that there's a leak of any kind, there's a full remediation process from cleaning up the waters to uh, cleaning up the soil, oxidizing the soil, removing any soil that can't be oxidized to return back to normal. And so there's a full remediation process. So the real key is figuring out what caused the spill and uh, to prevent anything like that from happening in the future, any types of leak, leaks like that happening in the future. That's always the process is, is to figure that out, get it fixed so it doesn't happen again. They won't reopen that portion of the pipeline uh, until they figure that out. And uh, the, the rest of the pipeline, they have got opened back up. We have ways to get oil down uh, to Cushing. We have other ways to get oil into the refineries. So it shouldn't have any major impact or any impact really at all on gas prices. And that's all good news for the consumer. That is good news. Yeah, it is strange uh, because I've never heard of an oil spill like this uh, from a pipeline, like you said, with millions of miles of it going all over the country and really all over the continent where we don't hear about this a lot. But we are hearing some Democrats in the state legislature already advocate for proposing additional regulations on pipelines because of the attack on this and how evil oil is and trying to move to these alternative energies uh, sort of thing. Is there any guesstimation on the reason for this? I mean, it's it is strange. I mean, was it just an old part of the line? Was there any malicious intent? I mean, what's the speculation right now? Well, when they shut down the Keystone XL pipeline, uh, the, uh, the you know Keystone has multiple pipelines. Keystone XL was going to be an additional pipeline to help transport additional oil uh, from Canada down to all the way down to Cushing and then on to the, the Gulf Coast. Um, and so when that was shut down, they did go through some processes to up the pressure on the current pipeline to be able to transport more oil. And so they've been really quiet, and which is really strange uh, for the for TC. I wish they'd put everything on the table and just say, okay, here's what we're thinking right now. Yeah. But they're not. They're being very quiet about that. The EPA is being very quiet about that. And, uh, and so it, that's really the, the, the unknown here that we need to know. Uh, to be able to figure out, you know, how long this portion of the pipeline is going to be shut down and what the full impact of it's going to be. But uh, it doesn't seem to be anything beyond that line because EPA has certified the reopening of the rest of the pipeline except for that portion of it. And so it's going down towards Illinois, and uh, they've reopened all that. So if it was a major, you know, uh, a major engineering problem, uh, they wouldn't have uh, certified reopening up the rest of the pipeline. So sure. it's got to be something that is significant to just this portion of the pipeline. Could be that a portion of pipe needs to be updated and replaced with more modern pipe. Uh, you know, it, it could be that there was something that hit the pipeline, and you know, but you know, it could be that there, it was just a one piece of pipe that was had default in it of some kind that gave way. And so all of those things are questions in the air that we have no answer to because they've been so quiet on it. But understanding what that issue was will help us remediate any 
potential uh, you know problems like this in the future. Sure, that is really good. That's good news. Uh, just a couple minutes left here. Last question for you as we uh, kind of wrap things up. But as you mentioned, oil prices, uh, I did see a slight increase on the markets this week, uh, just a couple dollars. Things are starting to move on the way back down again. Do you think that had any reflection because of the stopping of the Keystone oil pipeline and the ceasing of that production and distribution there? Or did it not have much impact, do you think? No, I think that had a lot more impact on financial market uh, impact from financial markets, and you had you know a pretty well you had a pretty good turn downturn in financial markets worldwide. Anytime financial markets go down, energy prices go up uh, for the most part, and so I think that's more a result of this. You know, we're, we're talking about one pipeline. Oil is a, a worldwide economy, uh, worldwide uh, product. And it really has a is driven by an international price, and so one pipeline being shut down uh, in in this situation when they have workarounds to reroute oil through Illinois, when we have workarounds to bring more oil up from South America and Latin America to the Gulf Coast, you know it really doesn't have that major much of an impact. There's a little bit of increase in transport costs for that specific oil, sure. but that's a, a long cry from impacting the overall global market of, of oil. Sure. That's good news. I love it. It is Warren Martin, Candace Strong, CandaceStrong.com. Go and check those guys out. Warren, it's good to talk to you, my friend. Merry Christmas. We're going to get you back on in the first quarter of next year. Talk about the energy outlook for the new year. Hopefully, we can see gas prices continue to not be as crazy high as we saw earlier this year. So, Merry Christmas, my friend. We'll talk again here real soon. Merry Christmas to you. Hey, always a pleasure. There it is. That's Warren Martin with Candace Strong. When we come back, we'll change gears just here, just a little bit. We'll talk with Rick Santorum, U.S. Uh, former U.S. Senator, former presidential candidate. We'll talk about Convention of States movement and some other things going on in our state legislature this year. Lots to get to for our episode here on Candace Strong, Candace Talk. Candace Strong. We are Candace Strong right here in Candace Talk, right here on the Big Talker 1480 KQAM. tell you, uh, you'll never hear on any other talk show across the entire country, you'll never hear a Christmas song with Ozzy Osbourne and Jessica Simpson. I'm just throwing that out there. The most unique talk program across the country, and we're right here based out of Wichita, Kansas. Welcome into the program. It's Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 KQAM, 316-721-8255, 316-721-Talk. Every time I play that, I get messages, Andy, what in the world are you doing? Thanks again to Warren Martin coming on the program. Candace Strong as we talk about the Keystone Oil Pipeline, that leak that's being cleaned up in Washington County. We'll get some more updates on that over the next week. I don't want to waste any time, though, as we have our next guest right on the program here, moving from one right to the other. And I am so excited to have this guy on the program. I've been a big fan of his for a very long time. He's a former U.S. Senator out of the great state of Pennsylvania, also a former presidential candidate as well. Now working a lot with the Convention of States movement. As you know, we talk with David Schneider, our uh, state director for the Convention of States movement here in Kansas. They have big plans for our legislative session here in Kansas uh, coming for the 2023 legislative session. And there's been a lot of changes at the federal level. And what can we do to harness that energy, that momentum, and try and bring some federalism back what a concept. Bring some power back to the statewide level. Excited to have on the program a former U.S. Senator from the state of Pennsylvania, Mr. Rick Santorum. Rick, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing great. It's it's great to be on your show, Andy. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I always have to say, anytime I'm on a show in Kansas, 
thank the the Republicans in Kansas because back in uh, in 2012 they were kind enough to give me a rousing victory in the Kansas caucuses when I ran for president, and so I'm always very grateful for their support. Yeah, yeah, you're great. I, I've been a fan of yours. I, I followed you when you were a senator. When you ran for president, I was a big supporter of yours as well, and uh, I love the movement that you've been working on here. And as we mentioned, I mean, with some of the changes at the federal level here, there's opportunity. I'm always the eternal optimist. I'm always seeing the opportunity for us to gain some power back on the conservative side and with some of the changes there's hope for us to bring some power back to the states right now isn't it yeah it's that's why i got involved in this movement because i believe it can happen and i believe it would be probably the most important thing that we have done as a nation in well i don't know it's in, it's certainly in my lifetime and i say that because what's happened over the past 80 years, really almost 100 years, since the 17th Amendment passed and the New Deal court came in, the Supreme Court decided that they can you know, have a living, breathing constitution that they can change at, at, at their, at, with five people deciding that uh, the federal government can do all these things that under the Constitution they were never permitted to do. Centralize power, crush the individual, crush the states, and and try, as we've seen now, even accelerated under Obama and Biden, create this tyrannical state where they can break the law. They can't. They don't have to enforce the border. They can. They can spend half a trillion dollars to forgive uh, their voters right before the election. Student loans. They can do whatever. They can. They can just wield power. And and here's the interesting thing: the the founders knew this would happen. Because it's happened in every republic in the history of, of, of mankind. And so they knew this would happen to America. And the, so they provided some things in the Constitution to stop it from happening. And the two things that they provided were, number one, that the state legislatures would appoint senators, which means that the senators would be there and would be in a position to block any attempt of the federal government to accumulate more power because the state legislatures could pull back senators. They could they could tell, you know, they could they could control their vote and say, look, you have to protect the rights of states and not allow this federal government to get out of control. And by the way, it worked until yeah. the 17th Amendment passed, which allowed for the popular election of senators. So the second so they eliminated one of the two safeguards against tyranny. The second safeguard has never been used. And again, it gave the state legislature, they believed in the state legislature because it was the body that's closest to the people. And so they gave the state legislatures this power to actually sit on top of the federal government and control them. And it's called an Article 5 Convention of States, which is to have a convention to propose amendments to limit the power of the federal government. And that's what we're trying to accomplish here in Kansas. But and by the way, the vast majority of Kansas support it. The Republicans and Democrats, I might add, and a huge, huge plurality of Republicans support it. A majority of the state legislature support it. Majority in the House, majority in the Senate. But the problem is, we have this rule in the in the in the Kansas House called uh, we call the Roe Rule because it was created to block any attempt by Kansas to overturn Roe versus Wade. Well, it's now in a legacy thing that's sitting there and now being used not, not just to block Roe versus Wade, which, thank God, we don't have to do anymore, but it's being used to block any attempt to control the federal government. And believe it or not, some Republicans are supporting it. Wow. 
Yeah. I don't understand why we put such a safeguard against this one, because this you think would be a slam dunk for a relatively red state. We have a super majority in our state legislature in both the Senate and the House with Republicans. Why we haven't been able to pass this convention of states for years. We've been talking with Mark Meckler and with David Schneider, our state director, and all these guys here in, in, in Kansas. And for some reason, it's been a struggle to get on board with this convention of states movement. I just don't understand why. It, it, the, the interesting is the, a lot of the people who support convention of states and say, oh, yeah, I'll vote for it, vote for a rule that doesn't allow it to pass. Yeah. So it's really amazing. It, and I, I would just say to anybody who calls themselves a conservative, you cannot claim to be a conservative if you are not for, for the fundamental thing that conservatives believe in, which is a limitation on federal power, federalism, rights remaining with the people and the states and not concentrated in Washington. That is the principal identifier of conservatism. And you cannot call yourself a conservatism conservative if you vote for this rule that says to the founders who gave you the right to control the federal government, no, we don't want to do it. We'd rather complain about it. We'll complain about $32 trillion in debt. We'll complain about all these woke policies. We'll complain about not enforcing the law. We'll complain about uh, you know, all the things that Washington, the tyranny that Washington is up to, but we won't use the tool that the founders entrusted to us to stop it. Yeah. That's what these folks are saying. That is true. I would like to remind individuals who may have heard it on the show or may have heard about the word but don't understand quite what the Convention of States does. When the Convention of States convenes, once enough states actually sign on to this, it's not just a willy-nilly, this is what we decide to address today. They go in there with very specific ideas on what they want to address and what their focal point is, so that way it doesn't get out of hand. Is that correct? Yeah, the convention is called based upon a resolution that has to pass 34 states, which is really hard to do. I mean, two-thirds of the states have to pass this, and they have to pass an identical resolution. And the resolution that has so far passed 19 states, it's passed Missouri, it's passed Nebraska, you know, know, Oklahoma, it's passed, you know, border states of Kansas, but it hasn't passed Kansas. And it says that the amendments proposed at this convention are limited to things that limit the power of the federal government, limit the spending of the federal government, the taxation of the federal government, or limit terms of federal office holders. That's all that can be proposed. And by the way, whatever's proposed at this convention, which will be the biggest national convention in our lifetime, there'll be nothing bigger and more important that's ever been done in our lifetime than this big debate, which legislators will appoint the delegates. Each state gets one vote. And yet 26 states have to vote to propose an amendment. It goes from the convention. It doesn't end there. It just begins there. The, the amendment that's proposed goes to the state legislatures, and 38 state legislatures have to ratify it. So the idea that this thing will go off the rails and terrible things could happen, <laughs> 38 state legislatures have to pass this, have to ratify this amendment for it to happen. I mean, the, the, the reality is, it's much, 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 much more likely that nothing gets ratified by the state legislatures than yeah. anything bad gets ratified by the state legislature. Yeah, that is very true. We're talking with Rick Santorum, former U.S. senator. You can find the information about the Convention of States online at conventionofstates.com. Rick, we get just just a couple of minutes left here as we kind of yeah. wrap up. but. I know it's kind of a pipe dream. I'm, again, although the eternal optimist. Any opportunity for us to repeal the 17th Amendment and get senators to be nominated back to the state legislatures as opposed to a popular vote in the states? 
it would take a, you know, it would take a convention like this, which it, I mean, that would be certainly something that you could consider to be a, a, a limiting amendment. It would limit the power of the federal government to have the state legislatures appoint. But, you know, obviously it would take a huge educational uh, movement to educate the American public that this is a protector of liberty for the individual yeah. and that this is, is a way to stop from the, from the tyrannical state uh, controlling everything in our lives. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that amendment is proposed. I sincerely doubt that they'll get 26 state delegations to support it because it's going to be seen as anti-democratic and you're, you know, you're stifling the will of the people. Well, our founders didn't believe in the will of the people. They believed in a republic. They, they didn't set up a democracy where whatever the people want happens. Because why? Because, <laughs> because the people change very quickly and, and, and trends and cultures, and, and you can't have that in government. You have to have stability and certainty, and, and things should change slowly. Why? Because fads happen, come and go, and you shouldn't have a fad that happens affect and fundamentally transform your country. They understood that, and 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 therefore, you know, it'd be great if we could get something like that done. But we'll have a national debate about it. See what happens. Yeah, let national debate. Why not have the conversation? Make people aware of it, and see what we can change little by little. My friend, we're always optimistic about it. It's Rick Santorum. Rick, God bless you, my friend. Merry Christmas. We'd love to get you on the show. We got to get you back on again real soon, my friend. Look forward to it. Thanks, Andy. Hey, absolutely. There it is, Rick Santorum, former U.S. Senator, and with the Convention of States Moving ConventionOfStates.com. When we come back. Boy, it's gone fast already. First half hour is all done in the books. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit away from politics. We'll talk about health. We'll talk about medicine. We'll talk about the medical industry with Dr. Christina Gonzalez. Hope Family Medicine out of El Dorado. That's that and more coming up right around the corner. Stay here. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. It's Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. The most famous reindeer of all. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. Welcome back into the program. 35 minutes past the hour here on a Saturday morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you. Man, it's already here. The end of 2022 is officially here and it's flown right on by. Great to have you along for the ride today. Thanks again to Rick Santorum coming on the program, former U.S. Senator from the state of Pennsylvania, former presidential candidate as well, and working with the Convention of States Movement. We're going to talk with those guys a lot during the session coming up in January for the legislative session. Come January, we're going to have a lot of the legislators on because there is a lot of bills that they are working on now that they're preparing to present early on in the session, including the medical marijuana bill, including uh, the Convention of States bill, including some other issues that we'll get to here a little bit later as well. I want to tell you about my friends over at Napoleon Appliance Repair, great partners here on KQAM and here on Candace Talk. They have been voted best of 2022 by the Wichita Eagle with their service, Napoleon Appliance Repair. If any of your appliances go down, I told this story, I think, a couple weeks ago. Uh, we had family over a few years ago for Thanksgiving, and on Thanksgiving Day, as we went to go put the turkey into the oven, we put it in, and then like four hours later, we went to check it and realized the oven was dead. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even on. It was brutal. That's when we needed these guys. Napoleon Appliance Repair. Find them on Facebook at Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. 
You can also give them a call, 316-409-1525, 316-409-1525, Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. We appreciate them very, very much. I want to shift gears away from politics a little bit as we are getting into the end of the year, and it's the cold season, and we were just laughing about it uh, on uh, off the air a little bit, the quote-unquote tridemic from the mainstream media with COVID-19, with RSV, and with the flu, how we're all pretty much going to die. So just, you know, don't get around with family and friends. But as you know, healthcare has been a big issue, how to stay healthy, what you can do to protect yourself, make sure you're covered, and that you have some great family physicians. One of them in studio with us here, really happy to have her on the program with Hope Family Medicine out of El Dorado, Kansas. It is Dr. Christina Gonzalez. Doctor, how are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. It is great to have you on the program. I've been wanting to talk with you because you have gone, I, I want to call it retro, You've you've done the new type of... Uh, healthcare to a degree of helping families without the insurance of doing kind of the membership based uh, family practice. Talk about what you do. Yeah. So um, you said retro, the way I say it is old fashioned medicine, but modern or old fashioned care, modern medicine. I like that. um, Yeah. The idea. And actually I was just listening to a podcast not that long ago and they were kind of explaining how um, really, actually, before it became an insurance-driven model, this is actually a lot more similar to how how things were, not even just be, beyond just like, oh, you got to know your doctor better, and it wasn't like, you know, you were herded like cattle through the doctor's office. Sure. But even they had, before it, they got latched onto this insurance-driven model, they, latched, they had different programs that they kind of trialed out that... Um, actually, there were some that were membership models, and so um, it's not even a new idea. This is going back, you know, to the 1920s and 30s. Yeah, prior to this. the health insurance yeah. fiasco, yeah. where it, you know you can't even get covered unless you have to, some type of health insurance. Uh, this is perfect. So, how does this work? So, someone just pays you a monthly membership, and they just get to come see you when they need you. Yeah, I like to say we're taking the the money part out of it as much as we can and taking all like other decision makers out of as much as you can. So my patients pay me a monthly membership fee. Um, They can pay quarterly or annually, but the idea is they pay sort of a um, a membership, kind of a retainer sort of idea, and that covers... as many or as few visits as needed. It covers longer, they get longer visits. So typically my patients get an hour for their visit. Now they might not need that whole hour, but I block that out because a lot of times there's things that you have to do afterwards. And then if you do need that hour, you've got that time. So it covers that. Um, And then the other thing is that it gives um, us the ability to, by not filtering things through insurance, we're able to pay cash rates for things beyond Mm. just what we do. So medications, yeah, medications, labs, imaging. Um, I love sharing, doing like a cost analysis with patients and say like your medications, you, if you use that through your insurance and you didn't hit your deductible, it was going to cost you, you know, $75. And I got that medication, that same one for you for, you know, $1.50. So you just paid for your month's membership, you know, (laughs) and I, I see that all the time. That is amazing. It is fascinating how much cheaper things are when you just get rid of all the red tape and all the bureaucratic stuff out of there. It's wild. Fascinating, right? It's amazing. You just have to think (laughs) about how many middlemen there are um, in the insurance industry. And just like anytime you take 
somebody else and involve it, that person's getting paid too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how popular is this becoming? Are more practices, more family physicians starting to go this route? I remember my wife's had a lot of issues. I've told you a little bit about it off the air. My wife's had lupus and other issues. And mm-hmm. when we first got married at living in Colorado Springs, there were some really great family physicians. As things started to transfer to the Obamacare style and going to the more uh, insurance-based style, a lot of those family practices started dying off because they couldn't afford to maintain yeah. and keep on going. Is this the reemergence, do you think, of the local family physician taking care of people at the local level? Yeah, honestly, I think that has been, there's been this huge shift. So all these smaller practices were all being bought out and being corporatized, corporatized, I don't know (laughs) how you say that. But um, yeah, as they were all being bought out by major entities and, you know, the culture, the environment, the motivation, the incentivization of things all changed and you know doctors being doctors who want to care for patients they're like what is going on this is not working this is this is pulling against what you know what I was trained to do so yeah I do think that their I mean direct primary care has grown exponentially in the last couple of years we were just just talking about um, the analogy of um, there were like the pioneers in the movement and then the early settlers and now there's the like the building of the towns and then eventually there'll be cities and we were just having this conversation about how um, in one of the direct primary care groups that I'm in that you know how do we prevent it from you know making sure that we're intentional and in how this continues to grow because already I mean it is it's it's exploding and then there's a lot of like people who are calling themselves direct primary care that aren't mm. are, are already trying to like get themselves into the to the mix with third parties in different ways but still trying to call it direct primary care but yeah it's exploding i mean they're yeah. even even here in wichita that's amazing yeah I, that is really great now do you is this at the stage it is right now is this a do this instead of getting insurance or is this in addition to type of thing but if yeah. you need an emergency care center if you need to go to the hospital for a surgery that's still going to have some type of insurance then yeah so i always tell people this is i'm a doctor i'm not an insurance company and i'm a i'm a primary care doctor i am not you know a surgeon i mean i'm not there i can't take care of everything the idea is kind of similar to you know if we can pull insurance back out to where it should be, like for car insurance or homeowner's insurance. You don't use your insurance for, you know, replacing a window or changing your gas or changing your oil or even paying for gas. So, you know, if we're not using insurance for medications or for your regular checkups, just like your regular maintenance on your your car, um, then we can bring those costs down. But no, it's not a substitute. So I tell my patients, you know, I'm here for things that are urgent, things that would take you to the urgent care, even if it's like a Saturday or in the middle Mm -hmm. of the night. Um, You know, urgent care type things um, we can take care of, but it is still recommended to either have a cost sharing program or insurance. There's a lot of different options that people can kind of pair with direct primary care. Um, Some people do only have um, me as their their health plan, but I do encourage you to have uh, something else there for the big stuff. And I was going to ask about that next part of it, about some of the the, the shared plans, the the Christian family or the Christian ministries or whatever those are, uh, kind of those shared plans. Is that another option as well? Yeah. So I really like them. Um, there was people who have different opinions about them. I do. Um, I, I know some of the big um, kind of negative towards them is they feel the you know, a lot of times it seems like you can only have one of these programs if you're healthy and you don't have medical things because they don't generally tend to cover pre-existing conditions. Um, but um, there are as the direct primary care movement has grown, also the health share program movement has grown as well um, because I think it just works well. Again, it's lowering those extra costs, but um, they're, um, 
definitely it's a lot more cost effective. Also, they don't really make those decisions. They they have more of that bird's eye view, so they're they're going to cover the issue or they're not. Um, but there, it's pretty pretty cut and dry. And again, there are some programs that will say, hey, you can have, let's say, diabetes or high blood pressure or, you know, this history of something. But um, if it's been chronic and stable for two years, you know, or, hey, you can, that's something that can be covered under your direct primary care. And and so you don't even need to utilize them for that. They're still there for those emergencies. Sure. That is good. That is good. We're talking with Dr. Christina Gonzalez, (laughs) Hope Family Medicine, Hope Family Medicine, uh, dpc.com is the website where you can go and get all the information. How many clients do you have at your, at your practice in El Dorado there? Yeah. So that's one of the cool things too. We, um, our goal is to have a much smaller panel size, typically in a primary care office, it's, you know, 2000 to 4,000, depending on where you're at. Um, many direct primary cares, including mine, it's more somewhere around five to 600 people. Yeah. Wow. So it's about a quarter. Yeah. So how does this work if, if they have you as, as their direct care provider and it's uh, whether they just have, like you said, maybe an emergency care. They've, you know, my little one a couple of years ago, she felt like playing on the stairs and jumped <laughs> off a couple of stairs and fractured her foot sort of thing. Yeah. That type of moment when we're like, oh, we don't know what's going on. That's when we call you or text you and say, oh, my gosh, what happened here? Yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of phone calls of. This is what, you know, little kiddo just did. And what do I need to do? Do I need to go to the emergency room or not? And so, I mean, I remember one very specifically where, you know, kid accidentally ate some of his mom's medication and it was a medicine for sleep. So, hey, do I need to take him to the emergency room? And I was able to kind of coordinate with them. They were able to talk to poison control. At the same time, they were talking to me and we were able to keep them out of, you know, say, hey, this is something we can watch and keep them out of the emergency room. So save that patient to an ER visit and all that entails. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you walk into an emergency care center and it's at least 2000 even with insurance, it's a $1,000, $2,000 bill. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah, oftentimes. Yep. Yeah, quite a bit. Uh, talk about the changing, just from your perspective as a doctor, the changing of the healthcare industry over the last few years since the kickoff of COVID. Obviously, things have changed quite a bit. Um, but what have you seen from your perspective um, on side of things, seeing the medical industry? How has it changed? Yeah, that that's huge. I I mean obviously that's a big 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 topic and honestly for me our I jumped into direct primary care at the height or the beginning of COVID. So I can see things very like before, you know, BC, you know, (laughs) before COVID and after. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's changed. I think the probably honestly, the biggest thing that has changed is like there was already this dwindling lack of, of valuing healthcare. And now I feel like just, the public view of healthcare has just been mm. so fragmented. And so, I mean, honestly, that's probably the biggest thing. That is true. <laughs> I, and I'm glad you brought that up. I, I've gone personally in a, in a way more holistic, natural way to try and cure things as much as, as much as possible. Obviously you can't do everything in that sense. Have you seen a popularity of that move kind of generally from a lot of the public, from the distrust of many in the healthcare industry overall of trying to do things on their own, or at least going back to the local family practitioner, as opposed to going to the hospital with someone that's, you know, from New York city coming in, uh, just trying to do things more on a local basis and more naturally. Yeah, um, I'd love to say I have seen that. I do think because my practice tends towards being that more whole person approach in the way that I practice medicine, I tend to have those types of patients who are more interested in that natural bend kind of gravitate towards my practice. So I have seen more of it. I don't know if I've seen more of it across across the board. Um, 
I, I think it wouldn't be a bad thing, though. Sure. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. Let's take a break real quick. When we come back, I want to talk about flu season, uh, the cold season. We're apparently not even at the peak of it yet on how bad the flu potentially could be. We're seeing schools uh, that are canceling, closing because of teachers and staff and students that are being out due to the flu. So we'll talk about that, how to stay healthy during the fall season, during the winter season, during the holiday season with the get-togethers over the next few weeks. It's Dr. Christina Gonzalez, the Hope Family Medicine out of El Dorado, Kansas. Lots more to get to here on Kansas Talk. Right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQM. Stay here. Welcome back into the program. Wrapping up hour number one. Good golly, it's flying right on by. Fastest two hours of radio on, well, radio here in the Wichita area. Wichita's number one conservative talk radio here in South Central Kansas. Welcome in. Great to have you along for the ride, as always. Coming up, hour number two, we're going to have Davis Liquor Outlet. We're going to talk about the holidays, talk about some of the favorite beverages for the holidays. So if you have a large family get-together and <laughs> you want an adult beverage, then you know what to get and go out and enjoy. Right now, we're talking with Dr. Christina Gonzalez, Hope Family Medicine in El Dorado, Kansas. Let's talk about, first off, the Tridemic. RSV, COVID, and the flu, the media all hyped up that we, we're all just, you know, going to be sick and we're all going to be, you know, apparently out of school and sharing this and spreading it everywhere. But is the tridemic something we need to be concerned about? Um, well, yes and no. I yes. mean, all of these things are here. They were all here last year and they were all here the year before. But yes, we've seen a much bigger spike much earlier in the flu. That's probably the biggest sure. one. And the and RSV. And RSV. Why yeah. do you think it's hitting either earlier or harder, a little bit harder this year? My theory is is because with the last few years with COVID and kind of social mm-hmm. distancing yeah. and the self-isolation, the mask wearing, that we kind of lost the uh, the normal ability of our routine of being exposed to it, fighting it off, and not having it impact us as much. As opposed to this year, now it's almost like we're being reintroduced to these things. Is that, yeah, is that kind of? Yeah. So I think it's, I mean, it's probably all speculation. I don't know that we'll know for sure, but I think it might be a little bit of that. I don't know that it's necessarily that our bodies have forgotten how to handle these things. I just think, you know, we're all back together and all not wearing masks and all not mm. doing these things. So um, I think that's part of it. But then the reality is, like, there's just, we have these. You know, this year it's good, not so bad. This year it's super bad. I mean, I remember we had a terrible flu year before the year before COVID. So sure. um, it just comes in waves. Yeah, yeah it comes in waves. We always got to get prepared for it, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. with this year, since we haven't even hit the peak of what many are saying of what flu season actually is and what we could see, how can we keep ourselves healthy this year? What's your recommendations? Yeah. So, I mean, vaccines are often a, uh, a topic of debate, but um, I'll say that this year, my understanding, what I what they've seen and a lot of times when it comes to the flu particularly they look at Australia and what's been going on in Australia a little bit in Europe as well but you know what's what's been going on in other places where these things hit sooner and um, they found they did kind of say hey we're going to have a bad flu year and then that you know just a few weeks before we did and then um, they also did say that the vaccine this year for the flu has been very effective so I am a fan of the flu shot I think it can be helpful um, does everybody need it maybe not but but I think it is helpful especially if you're vulnerable for getting that flu shot sure absolutely uh, at the same time the just the basics washing hands sterilizing yeah, yeah. making sure that you're actually like cleaning yourself you know yeah. that sort of thing I think is, is maybe helpful for 
with the flu as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, I would say the biggest thing is like people, if you're sick, stay home. <laughs> I mean, we can st- stop so much spread if you're sick, just stay home. I mean, a yeah. lot of times, especially it's hard because I don't want people to not be with their family. I'm not telling people don't go out and be because you're afraid of these viruses. But if you are sick, Try not to spread it around Don't because, it yeah, around. I mean, washing your hands is probably not going to prevent somebody else from getting the flu. I mean, it's it's good hygiene regardless. But um, but yeah, if you're coughing all over them, but you washed your hands, it's not really helping very much. But yes, wash your hands. Don't cough on people when you're sick. Stay home. Mm-hmm. And then and then as far as, you know, that's a good way to help, you know, prevent the spread. But yeah. as far as, you know, what to do to prevent yourself from getting sick. Yes. Sure taking care of yourself. Multivitamins, always a yeah. good thing, trying to boost up the immune system a little bit. Yeah, so I, I do think vitamins have a, a lot bigger role than what traditional in the past, I don't know, 50 years has said. Sure. Um, I think that um, in general, our diet in America is lacking in a lot of things. And so having a good multivitamin is a great idea. I do think there's a lot of validity to, you know, vitamin D and zinc, um, not just specifically for COVID, although that's where they kind of got their, you know, their, their, Sure. Claim to fame, but that reawareness. Um, but yeah. yes, the reawareness. That's probably the best way to put it. So vitamin D, zinc. Um, there is some evidence to elderberry juice, and I love yeah. the elderberry yeah. concentrate. When I start getting a cold, or I mean, obviously talking on the radio every day, a sore throat, the sinuses, the drainage. A, 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 teaspoon, a tablespoon of elderberry concentrate in the morning and evening for about three days, and it's gone. I love it. Yeah, I yeah. always love that. Yeah. So. Um, there, there is, there are studies out there that compare it to even things like Tamiflu, and and they've found to be pretty equivalent. Interesting. Yeah. I love it. We're out of time, my friend. It's HopeFamilyMedicineDPC.com. Go check out the website, Dr. Christina Gonzalez. Doctor, it's always good to have you on the program. I appreciate all the information. We got to do this again real soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you guys as well. <laughs> thank you. There it is. Hour number one, all wrapped up in the books. When we come back, Davis Liquor Outlet. We'll talk with Brian and Blake Davis. What's going on with the adult beverages for the holiday season as well? We got lots more to get to. Plus, we'll take your phone calls as we move through this Saturday morning. It's Candace Talk. It's Which Does Big Talk or KQM. Stay here. Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Where did our number one go? Good golly, welcome into the program. It is our number two. Already of Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker. 1480 AM KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Also, we have the video feed going on at Facebook.com slash 1480 KQAM. Thanks again to Dr. Christina Gonzalez coming on the program in that last bit with Hope Family Medicine out of El Dorado, Kansas. I'm telling you, the future of healthcare soon, as she had mentioned right now, it's kind of the collective of, you know, advocating to have both your health insurance and having that membership to be able to have a little bit personalized care, which is what things are going to go back to. The pendulum swinging back the other way. And I think we're going to see healthcare up moving in a very big direction towards that. So soon, maybe we can just rid ourselves of health insurance altogether because 
I tell you what, they drive me nuts, man. So expensive, and then they cover less, and they charge you more, and just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Merry Christmas to you. Welcome into the program. Davis and Corrette, they'll be on here in just a little bit. Coming in, hopefully, in a uh, bottom of the hour, so we'll chat with them soon. Which means right now, open lines to you at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. See what your plans are for the holidays as we have... A lot of things going on for the holidays. We can talk about some of the legislative agenda for the next year, which has been kicking off pretty heavy already. Uh, We do have our leadership changes. We have some plans already being introduced into Topeka. It's going to be a big one. I also have, by the way, I want to remind you too, before I forget, because I know I'm kind of a space cadet this morning with all the stuff that was going on, but I do want to remind you that here on KQAM, coming up next week on Christmas Eve, Obviously, right after this program at 11 o'clock, we will be kicking off our 37 hours of Christmas music here on KQAM. Usually it's 36, but uh, that last hour brought to you by yours truly here. Wanted to give that to you right at 11 o'clock as we wrap up this program uh, for Christmas Eve. And then you can enjoy it all the way through Christmas Day. So when you wake up and the little one's waking you up, which I know I'm excited for a little voice of reason to be waking us up at uh the crack of dawn. My family always told me that we had to wait until sunlight. You cannot wake us up. You cannot open presents. You cannot do the Christmas thing until there's a little bit of light outside. Got to wait till the sun's up. You can't do it in the middle of the night at 2, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. Got to wait until the sun comes up. And that's the rule that I put down. So, But when you wake up and you do that, flip on KQAM, you'll have your great Christmas music and all the favorites, some of the new stuff, some of the classics, and you can enjoy that right here on our airwaves all the way through midnight on Christmas Day, 37 hours of Christmas music, and we appreciate being able to do that each and every year. 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. If you want to join in, let's jump right to the phones here, shall we? Line at number one. Good morning. Here's this. Hey, Police Navi Dodds, Senor Andy. Mr. Sean, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. How are you? Merry Christmas to you, and Happy New Year, and Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Kwanzaa, and, and yeah, everything else. What, happy Happy Yule season, which, by the way, Yule, winter solstice and Yule starts on, what, the 20th or 21st next week as well, so that's coming up soon, too. Yeah, I couldn't remember whether uh, it fell on um, Christmas or, or uh, somewhere around there, and I said, wait a minute, the first the first day, the the first official day of any season is on the twentieth or twenty first. So it would have to be uh, around that time, and then the days would slowly start getting longer again. And That's right. Time flying by fast. I can't wait because I need more daylight. You know, I'm just not getting enough. Uh, lots to do. Uh, woke up uh, this morning like yesterday morning, pain free, able to get a plethora of small tasks done because I wasn't. Uh, crippled up by arthritis from shoulder injuries my last tour in the army and i wanted to have some fun too you know that phone call we had last week about uh medical marijuana yes just so you know i wasn't mad i was just passionate but i wanted to have hey i love it i no, no, no. I, I know you're not mad. I enjoy those conversations. Like I said, the fact that, you know, I I love being able to get both sides of that conversation on because it is an interesting conversation. And I love how Candace is. I'm optimistic on how Candace is 
approaching that issue because we see so many other states doing their thing. Uh, so my only point is I haven't really taken a stance either way. I like being the third-party objector on this one. I have came from Colorado when they passed it for both medical and recreational. I see what's going on in Oklahoma and other states as well. So if we're going to do it, which I think needs to be done in some way, we just have to do it the proper way and learn from the mistakes of other states that have tried this stuff. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing is I wanted to, uh, uh, you know, have for the purposes of uh, some good smart aleck humor, you know, make, maybe make somebody in the listening audience uh, laugh, uh, make their day or something, put a smile on their face. I was going to make some hay out of it and, like, do a Dan Bongino impersonation. It's grass. It's not hay. It's grass. See. Grass? What? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to – I couldn't wait to call in. I was going to be like, hey, man. You know, I've got a boner to pick with you, and it was, uh, really, it was something that you said. That I said, said, okay. Oh, yeah, man. It was going to be hilarious. I think maybe we could just put that off until, uh, you know, the first, uh, your first show in the new year, you know, after uh, the holidays are over. Because it is kind of Christmas, but, uh, man, you're going to love it. It's going to be funny, man. All right. You're going to get hammered, dude. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I will be ready. I will be ready. Well, look, man, I'm going to – Yeah, it is a busy show today, I, so I didn't know if I was going to make be able to get on because you said you overbooked uh, 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 guest interviews and such. So, um, well, it's been I'm flying just, right on uh, by. I love it. So uh, real quickly here as we, as we kind of – and I got some other calls here, but, Sean, what's, what's the plan for Christmas? What are you doing next week? Well, my little brother, he wants me to go. By the way, he uh, his cancer went into remission. I don't know if I told you about that. I don't know. That's good news. And um, so uh, he wanted me to come out uh, to his place with him and his uh, gal and uh, uh, for Christmas dinner and watch uh, Top Gun Maverick. He's got a much better – his TV's, I guess, bigger than mine and a better sound system. And um, so he said, come out and watch uh, – you know, we'll have uh, – Watch Top Gun Maverick, and uh, oh, I love that movie. And um, uh, I said, "What are you having for Thanksgiving dinner?" And I was hoping, like you know, Christmas turkey or Christmas ham with all the same stuff you know you have during Thanksgiving. And he said, "Well, I'm probably going to have lasagna." I talked to myself, "Lasagna? Who the hey. hell does that Christmas, <laughs> man?" <laughs> I, I said, "I said, you know what?" Okay, that's different. I said, yeah, sure, we can have lasagna because guess what? I got in my freezer, dude. What do you got? I got, I got a, a a frozen banquet turkey pot pie. I got a box of a, a stovetop stuffing in the cabinet, and I can go to the store and get me a, a some a canned yams, and which I like mashed and spread with butter and that sweet sauce they put in there on it, and uh, what else? I can make some uh, instant mashed. I can either boil. Or I can get some instant mashed taters and have taters and uh, turkey gravy and all of that stuff. Just uh, just no cranberry sauce. No, 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 no. no. I will only eat one or two teaspoons on that on Thanksgiving as as a guest someone's house just to be polite. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I I enjoy cranberry sauce, but it's got to be in the small portion. I can have my scoop or two, and then I'm good to go with it. Uh, but I, I always have to have some. I can't not go without it, but I can't eat a large portion of it either. It's just got to be that tiny bit, and then I'm satisfied and I'm good until the next year. Yeah, I enjoy that's that. right. So, right. you know, I, I won't drink cran. I won't drink 
Ocean Spray Cranberry Juice unless I got a kidney infection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I enjoy Which that. Spray- I could down that. I, I like the straight cranberry concentrate stuff, the straight up puckery, sour cranberry juice. And I absolutely love it. Sean, I want to get some others here. Merry Christmas to you, brother. And we will talk again here after the new year. All right, dude. Bye. There we go. Always appreciate it. All right, let's go back to it here. Line number two. Good morning. Who's this? I oh, guess we lost you there. Give us a call back. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Merry Christmas to you guys. As uh, Yes, this will be the final broadcast before the 2023 year. As next week we have Christmas Eve, so it will be recorded probably a best of with maybe some clips from this program with how crazy and insane <laughs> insane this one has been. Also, next, uh, the next week will be New Year's Eve as well. I know that you're going to be sleeping in to prepare for your New Year's Eve celebrations late into the night on Saturday night, so you're going to be sleeping in. You're not going to be tuning into this one. Totally understand, as I'll probably be doing the same thing. So we'll be back at it in two weeks from now, and we'll have uh, a, a brand new kickoff. And I'm telling you, I am so excited about what we're doing in 2023 with this show and with the guests that we have on and the legislative session, then our national show during the week. It is going to be a year to behold, my friends. So get ready for it. Let's go back to it. Line number three. Good morning. Who's this? This is Ray. Ray, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Pretty good. Hope you are, too. Absolutely. I, uh, I went out. I, I did my annual pilgrimage to look for the uh, I got a bunch of uh, canned goods that I was going to donate. Okay. So <laughs> I, I went to the uh, atheist uh, store, and I couldn't find one where where the the atheist would be, you know, helping give out, <laughs> you know, aid, aid to people and stuff. Oh. So, so then I I tried for an atheist clothing store, and I couldn't find one of them either. Interesting. And and then the the agnostics, they don't have any stores either, so I was forced the agnostics, to go to a Christian the agnostics, store. they're just they're just not sure. They're just they're deciding on whether they want to be helpful or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. I love and, that. Uh, so I had to go to a Christian store. <laughs> That's fantastic. And, uh, uh, also the uh the red hots. Oh, the red uh, hots, the can- like the candy? No, no, North High. Oh, the yeah. Uh, oh, the Red Hawks. That's the right. Red, yes, the they have officially yes. changed their mascot to the Red Hawks, and uh, there's some mixed uh, mixed opinion on that one. With many that were alum from North High with the Redskins, and then others. Uh, it's an interesting conversation again as well there. But I did. I guess that's the easiest transition for them since everything's already red, just to make them the Red Hawks and just change yeah. the change the mascot there. So we'll see I, how uh, how the community responds. It sounds like some trigger words to me. Mm. Never know. I mean, I would say that Hawks would be very offended because I don't know very many Hawks that are actually red. <laughs> so it's just kind of one of those things. But uh, yeah, I think it ties in very nicely with the the old, tired and worn out Redskins. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. Well, Good how grief. dare how dare we respect a Native American culture by wanting to be prideful with their head and their <laughs> mascot on there? How dare! Now we need to self-identify as Hawks, and I'm sure the Hawks are very offended by this. Probably, yeah. They'll they'll get together and try to put a stop to it. I'm sure. We're going to see a unionization from the advocates of Hawks across <laughs> the nation saying that it's exactly. offensive. I love it, Ray. Any big plans for Christmas next week? Oh, get together with the family. Uh, we're having the uh, traditional.
Christmas food, none of this lasagna stuff. Mm. But I think lasagna would be great, but I'd eat too much and I'd lay around even more than if I ate turkey or ham, I think. So That's true. That is true. I'm not sure. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I think we're going with the roast beast this year. We're going to have a roast beef and, ah. uh, and and do it that way. So uh, it's it's always fun to see. I I was wanting to go back to the turkey thing, but I don't know. I think we're just going to have to go to the roast beef this year. Well, you know, I heard some people say that, that turkey for Thanksgiving is kind of blasé, but you only do it once a year. How could it be tiresome? That is very true. That is very true. You do that <laughs> once a year. Enjoy it while it lasts. So I love it. Ray, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's to you guys. And we appreciate you very, very much listening to the show every week and look forward to chatting with you again in the new year as always. Let's go back to it. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Santa Claus, are you naughty or nice? I uh, I haven't quite decided yet. I need to put in my last minute request. <laughs> well, I got you on the line. It's not Roxanne Stewart or Phil Thompson's morning show, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I love it. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Hey, I heard something about Evergy having uh, blimps covered with solar material to absorb sunlight, you know, and store the energy from some night in lithium batteries or nickel palladium batteries or even hydro battery cells like the Obshinskys that Alan Alda did a, uh, you know, it was either Nova or the History Channel when they got together in Iceland and started checking out hydrogen vehicles and stuff. But anyway, my name is Joel Driscoll. Well, Joe, Merry Christmas. Yeah, I appreciate that. I have not heard of that from Evergy. I know that they they did well, get... I thought they could dock yeah. at wind farms and supply more energy to the grids that way. You know, if they weren't built so close together and the size of the, you know, solar ship, I called them when I wrote an article for the Navy Lakers Historical Society mm. with the help of editing by Carl Jablonski, who either passed away or won't talk to me anymore. This this happened in a memo called the Airship, two thousand six. Okay, where I went on like a run-on sentence about how they could use blimps and dirigibles, and you know, Roger Monk was big with Westinghouse after they sold out from Goodyear, and you know, I've talked to everybody in Jim Thiel, American Blimp, or you know, Schuler and Toby. So what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on some of the new group down in Florida, where they used to advertise dealerships with blimps with thirty by ninety foot LED screens? I mean, I've talked to everybody, Whipple and Leighton and all the news stations and all the radio stations about this for over two decades, and it's sure. you know it's got me suffering because I I lost uh, track of stuff so much that I've been unable to renew my license get registration on the only car that I depend on and I can't even get food assistance to do the correct thing. They've sent me applications this year arrived on the day it was supposed to be returned to them. Sure. So I called them and told them that and I've been arguing with them, you know, for two almost three weeks about, you know, just trying to get some food assistance because I live on Social Security you know, sure. they're, they're taking ten dollars away from what it should be. It's eight hundred fifty-one dollars a month. Yeah, and I sure. thought, you know, I'm sitting here in Wichita talking to you over the 
you know, the broadcast is supposed to, I don't know if it's on Fox or what. I, I don't have a cellular smartphone. What I've put together here is... Well, Joe, I hate, no. to, I hate to get you off here. I got I to gotta take a break here. We're running away late on a break. But Merry Christmas to you. It's interesting stuff regarding the energy stuff. And we're going to be talking a lot about energy in the next year, uh, especially with some of the big investments, as you mentioned, that Evergy's trying to do uh, this year going into next year and how much money they're spending. So we appreciate the call and uh, fascinating stuff. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to you. We'll take a break. Come back here right around the corner. we got lots more to cover as we get ready for your Christmas celebration right here on Wichita's Big Talker 1480 KQAM. Welcome back into the program. 27 minutes past the hour here on Candace Talk on Wichita's Big Talker 1480 KQAM. Let's go right back to the phones here, shall we, for our pre-Christmas celebration here on the show. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Jingle bells. Or, uh, anyway, I was talking to uh, Wes Mizell of Evergy, who was on TV for a while with commercials about wind farms and the solar ideas he wants to come up with. It's uh, they mentioned somebody who was in charge of Evergy uh, this morning, Andrew Finch or Fletch, or I, I don't know, but I was inspired to call you back and see if you'd listen to me some more about some invention ideas that uh, could possibly be something I could deal with instead of the truth. I'm looking for something more important than the truth. Okay, well, you got, okay, I'll give you 45 seconds here. What do you got for uh, for an idea on innovation? Well, first of all, all my uh, utilities are, you know, on right now, but I don't know. I've got a, I guess it came to about $850 supposed to cover Kansas gas service and energy. But at this point, it's it's not, you know, I didn't want to call them and interrupt them about it because it says, you know, it might happen in the next two cycles. Well, I know that gas so, prices are going to be going up. I mean, the Biden administration is talking about a near 30% increase on energy rates going uh, into the new year, especially with some of the cold. And if we get some of the cold stints like we did a couple of years ago, then I really, really hope that these energy companies are aware of what they're doing to make sure we don't see that massive hike in natural gas and electricity prices like we saw before because, well, it was pretty disastrous. A lot of people still trying to pay a lot of that off uh, because of how expensive it went from, what was it, $6 per cubic foot to $600 per cubic foot uh, that they had to buy for some of that natural gas to maintain for people to keep their houses warm. That's a disaster. Merry Christmas to you. Appreciate it very much. All right, we'll shift gears when we come back here around the corner after the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about some of the legislative issues. We'll get Brian davis Liquor Outlet on the program and a heck of a lot more. Appreciate that. Lots more to get to here on Kansas Talk as we get you set for the Christmas celebration. Stay right here.
call the show at 316-721-8255. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Welcome back into the program. Last half hour of the show on the home stretch here. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I like the Christmas music, but man, we need a little bit more upbeat. Exciting music, man. Come on. That rock and roll stuff's what we need. This uh, soft stuff's going to put you to sleep. We don't want that here on a Saturday morning. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back into it. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join for the last uh, little bit of the program, we got a few things to chat about. I uh, want to tell you about my friends over at Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. It is coming down, as you heard last week on the show, Phil Martinez, the owner of Phil's Coins, has officially announced his retirement at the end of the year, which means you have a few weeks left to go in and chat with him and get your stuff. Now his son, Mike, will be taking over the business, so they're still there. They're still going to be rocking, and we will get Mike on the program here on a relatively frequent basis to talk about the gold and silver market. And still may have to have Phil on, because we still love Phil and Miss Under Death, too. So uh, we may still have to have him on to come and chat with us on the air as well. But Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. They are open right now until 2.30 this afternoon. You can also find them online at philscoins.com for all your gold and silver needs. It is still a tough market. So if you're looking for that last-minute stocking stuffer, if you're looking maybe for that big piece that someone wants for Christmas, or if you're just trying to stock up because you're uncertain of what the economy may do, then there's where you need to go. Phil's Coins, 93. You know that metal and metals, the gold and silver, will never lose value. So why not stock up and be prepared for what could happen? Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, and we appreciate them very much partnering with us here on the show. Speaking of, real quickly, on the economic issues, yesterday was the deadline for the omnibus package at the federal level to be passed. They did not pass it. What they did, however, do was pass a one-week extension of the continuing resolution. So the spending that's been disastrous for the last few months that we didn't get done by October, which was the deadline for the fiscal year, we didn't get that one done. We have extended it for another week, so that way they could cram in all this massive amount of spending as an omnibus package at the federal level uh, next week. And give them time right before Christmas. So as you're trying to focus on the holidays, they're going to be spending so much money at the federal level that you're not going to be able to keep track of it. And Mitch McConnell and the Republican leaders are like, well, we need to get it done by the 22nd because 23rd we're going home. If we are going to extend it, I say we extend it out just until January when we do the transition with the Republican leadership in the House. Then we take control and then we pass a Republican budget and then say we're willing to shut down the government for however long it takes until you as Democrats come to the table and be a rash, be rational and be uh, commonsensical. And we actually have a rational conversation about a budget that's going to, oh, by the way, be cut by about 20, 30 percent because we're not doing this anymore. No more. We were taking control of this. It's not going to happen. I know that's a pipe dream, but at least that's my thoughts of what we could do if Republicans actually had some sort of spine in Washington, D.C., and we could get things back on track on that front. So they have extended their continuing resolution for now. They'll be passing their omnibus uh, budget uh, next week going into holiday season. On the other front, kind of an interesting headline that we've seen throughout this last week as well with Elon Musk. Man, the media, they hate now Elon Musk just as much as they do Donald Trump. Before, he was kind of the cool guy. Obviously, he was helping humanity. He had his neural link with putting the brain chips in and trying to help individuals that have... Uh, different issues with paralysis or something. Then he had a SpaceX trying to help humanity get to Mars. Then, of course, he had Tesla. And Tesla was the ultimate, like, you know, if you're a progressive, you get a Tesla because you're saving the environment by getting an electric vehicle. So he was the coolest guy out there. 
Now he's the worst guy out there because, well, he took over Twitter and he's actually allowing conversation to be had on social media. And how dare you allow conservatives and hate rhetoric to be on there, which isn't happening. Not really happening, but at least that's what they're trying to tell us uh, that's happening. So now, if you haven't missed it or if you haven't seen it the last couple of days, Elon Musk has been... Uh, trying to censor some of the journalists on social media. Censorship from the mainstream media, man. They are not happy. Not happy at all. As he had banned uh, journalists and reporters on the social media site temporarily, put them in Twitter jail for a few days because of the fact that they were sharing his personal information and where he was. Tracking him. Trying to get everybody fired up about where to go and protest him or heckle him, giving where his private jet was flying to and from. Look, he's not the president of the United States. The president, if you notice, the media loves doing that. They're like, oh, he's landing in five minutes. And that's all on the headlines. Like, oh, he's landing at the airport in five minutes right now. Oh, he's walking from the airplane to the limo. He's walking from the limo to the state. The media does this. Not Secret Service. The media. But I guess he's the president, so I guess we have to go along with it. Why would you do that with Elon Musk? There's only one reason why you would do that to Elon Musk, and that is to get the haters to know exactly where he's at at all times for something to potentially happen. Then for the mainstream media to be like, whoa, something happened to Elon Musk. How could that possibly happen? And he didn't quite appreciate these journalists having nothing better to do with their lives than tracking his every move. So he put them in Twitter jail temporarily to say, hey, you don't need to be doing that. There's actually rules against giving people's public locations because, well, you don't need to be doing that. And the media lost their minds. OMG, did they lose their minds of how how dare you censor MSNBC or CNN or Wall Street Journal or New York Times reporters that are on Twitter? That is an infringement upon our right to freedom of speech and right to the press. Now, they weren't saying those same things during Donald Trump's reign. They weren't saying those same things with conservatives. They weren't saying those same things during uh, other conversations when Republicans were being censored left and right. In fact, now as he's leaking this stuff out, they're literally saying that they openly did censor conservative outlets on Twitter because they didn't like that content. They weren't sure about the content. They didn't like the Hunter Biden laptop getting out. It's open. They're openly releasing these emails and conversations that the heads of the Democrat Party and those internally within Twitter were actually having. But now that they're getting censored, they are livid beyond belief and they're going after twitter so he has become the most hated man this almost might be in favor of donald trump because if donald trump doesn't have all the heat on him because they're all focusing on elon musk then that might allow donald trump to move forward a little bit and actually uh you know, do his thing without the media harping on him constantly but the latest one now tesla's uh, stocks are dripping and dropping pretty dramatically which Again, if you're a progressive man and you're trying to buy a Tesla, why would you stop buying a Tesla? Because you don't like Elon Musk. Aren't you saving the environment? Aren't you saving the world? Come on, man. That's where we're at today. They're only the woke advocates for woke companies unless the woke company isn't really woke because they actually like dialogue and conversation from both sides of the aisle. You need to be a straight hardliner left winger. You need to hate Donald Trump. You need to censor conservatives. You need to promote the agenda and say, even though it's not really helping the environment, it says it's helping the environment and you need to be the pretend woke that looks really good as opposed to just saying, I support everybody and love everybody because then you're a betrayer to their side and their agenda and their woke isms.
And I find that kind of hilarious. So the Democrats now losing their mind. The headline from Dredge Report this morning shows that Tesla board members are now concerned about Elon Musk and his use of Ambien. Oh, man. Uh Uh-oh. Now, if you remember what Ambien has done... Uh, Roseanne, she was Roseanne Barr. She was the one that was taking Ambien, wasn't it? Where she got booted off the show because of some tweets that she had made in the middle of the night when she was on Ambien. Some really messed up stuff. But apparently, he's taking that allegedly, and now the personal attacks have begun. Where he's unfit to run the company. He's losing his mind. He's going absolutely crazy. We need to get him off of Ambien because now board members of Tesla are concerned. So it begins. So it begins. We've gone down this road so many times. It's hilarious. It's actually funny to watch, and this is the perfect way to kind of get into the holidays because they have lost their cotton-picking minds. Remember during Donald Trump's reign, the first time that they went after him was when they said that he was um, mentally unstable and that he was unhealthy. They wanted to take an IQ test. They wanted the doctors at the White House to check him out because he's wandering the halls at 4 o'clock in the morning because he's not a sleeper. He's a type A personality that just likes to be in constant work mode, and they didn't like that. That's not what D.C. is about, man. You're supposed to go in there and just slack off and go golfing trips and go on vacation and do what Joe Biden does and just stay in the basement half the time. That's what you're supposed to do. How dare you actually stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning walking the halls of the White House thinking about ways to save the country. That's where we're at now in the nation. All right, we got a couple minutes left here. As If you want to call in, 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Use the Tweety. I encourage you. I know that maybe many of my listeners don't have a Twitter account. I'm going to start using mine more often because I'm now curious on what this is going to turn into. Elon Musk tweets just about as much as Donald Trump used to tweet, and everybody likes to respond to what he has to say. And now that he's doing these truth bombs and these drops on social media, it is going to be fun to watch the other side squirm now that they're losing control over their favorite social media platforms. Question for you today, your plans for the big Christmas holiday celebration coming up next week. Uh, As a reminder for you, we have our Christmas music coming up on KQAM. Also, today, we have high school basketball on KQAM coming on at noon. Doug Downs and the team, they'll be out there doing high school basketball with Bishop Carroll and Derby, I believe, for that game. And we'll have that coverage starting at noon today. We also have a college football bowl game at 5 o'clock this afternoon on KQAM on our sister station over on KGSO. We have the bowl season, Every uh, just about every bowl game that's out there. We have those. There's one going on right now over there as well. At 1410 on the AM dial, 93.9 on the FM dial, KGSO. We have bowl games all throughout the day today and uh, all throughout next week. So it's officially here wrapping up the week. Uh, what we will be doing when we take a break here, coming back in just a minute, we'll get our update from the AARP. Also, we're going to start doing a year in review for the state of Kansas and then what to look forward to for our 2023 year because... Next year is going to be a big one for us, and I'm excited about it. Let's go back to the phones real quick here and slip some phone calls in, shall we? Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? It's KQAM's biggest fan, I guess, and I have uh, 1046. What time do you have? It is 1046. Yeah, listen to Jim Rinaldi tell us it's 120 below zero. There we go. There we go. Jim, I, I know you've called in a couple of times already this morning, so I want to try and get some other callers here because we're running short on time. So Merry Christmas to you, brother, and I look forward to chatting with you again here soon. But I want to try and get some new callers on, shall we? Line number two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Andy. It's Nick. Nick, what's going on, brother? How are we doing? Oh, very well. Hey, I just wanted to um, give a shout out to all, everybody, including the listeners. I'm going to make it a priority to be praying for everybody uh, this holiday season and to know that one thing we have all have in common 
is the need uh, for Jesus. And so mm. I'd like to just take a moment and, and uh, give you a little special shout out. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. There it is. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices for yonder brave. A new and glorious morn all on your knees. Oh, Nick, you're just gonna have to oh, sing no. us out, brother. That's what it's. That's what it is. I love it. Or, Merry Christmas, Andy. Merry Christmas, Andy. Merry Christmas, Andy. Uh, All right, there you go. God bless you, Andy. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Christmas brother. Merry Christmas, brother. Yeah. Nick, always good to talk to you, my friend. There it is. Why do we even need music on here? We just got to sing it out that way. There it is. Merry Christmas, everybody. One more segment coming up right around the corner, right here on KQAM. Again, with the AARP, whether it's the Fraud Watch Network, Retirement Calculator, getting involved in the community, make sure to check them out online at aarp.org slash KS for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on their social media as well. Glenda's on the line with us again this week. Glenda, how are you today? I am doing well, Andy, and you? We are doing great. Always living the dream, and it's always good to talk to you. We talk a lot about the Fraud Watch Network. We talk about scams that are going on, veteran scams, holiday scams, uh, Medicare and Medicaid scams. But there's one that's going on, obviously, with the holidays where you may be getting a pet. We've seen headlines across Kansas right now with people trying to order pets online and paying hundreds of dollars and not receiving the animal. What's the latest going on here? Well, you're absolutely right. And who doesn't really want to uh, give their loved ones that perfect holiday postcard moment or to receive a, you know, a pet? But as you said, the uh, big box with the bow that has that very new mem- uh, member on the inside of it, unfortunately, uh, as you said, it is creating a uh, scam. So you really want to be aware of that and, and watch out for that. So there's just a few things that we wanted to share with people this morning, Andy, about how they can avoid a pet scam this holiday season. Uh, so first of all, you know, we, we need to do our research, right? Research and understand how much a certain breed costs because that's important to you know to a lot of people. So don't trust those websites that offer the, dis- the deep discounts on the going rate. And then second, use the photo of the pet you are offered to conduct a reverse image search online. You know, you can do that with humans, but it can be done with pets also. Search how to do a reverse image search in your favorite browser, and that will help you learn how to do that uh, accurately. Scammers uh, copy pet photos from other websites. So imagine that, right? Yeah, Um, And then lastly, um, Ernie, uh, as as we were saying, Andy, if you um, are shopping, shopping local. Right. What do you think about that? If you're, you're shopping local, meeting the breeder in person or just touring the facility lets you know it's legitimate. 
Those are some great tips, absolutely. I mean, we always love supporting the local business anyways, or even the Humane Society in your local community, which is always a good thing. Uh, but like you said, if you are trying to buy something online, which I understand the convenience for it, there are those ways, those simple ways that I think that you can kind of verify to make sure it's legitimate or whether it is that scam, because I can only imagine how much money has been spent on scamming of uh, individuals trying to buy animals online. Absolutely. It, it's really uh, a growing scam and that, you know, you wouldn't really think about it a lot that people would do that. But yes, that, that's happening. So again, we just really need to be fraud fighters on every, um, every area and spotting scams and trying to stop a scam, you know, and as we said, getting pets from a trusted area or trusted um, local vendor would be a very good idea. And the one thing about it is that if you also do it locally, there's probably other family members of that pet that's there that, uh, you know, would love to be adopted also. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talk about real quickly some of the other scams. Obviously, we're going into the end of holiday shopping time. We're a week or so away from Christmas and at the end of the year. But uh, are we doing well or at least better from the trends that you've seen or heard of uh, regarding some of the shopping scams and online scams there? I know that with social media, there was a big social media scam push going on along with some of the obviously using credit cards and debit cards. But are we doing OK or what's the latest that you've heard? Well, what we're hearing is that, you know, we still know that 75% of the U.S. consumers still report that they have report, experienced some kind of fraud or a similar uh, consumer-failed uh, shopping so, uh, experience. So it is absolutely still going on, uh, and we know that it's happening with the online shopping scams, the gift cards with zero balances, and people still in po uh, packages off of your porches. So these are still some scams that we still need to be very, very aware of, and knowing that, again, uh, still the safest way is to order a gift card off of the, you know, the retailer's website, that specific website. And then there, there are sold in grocery stores and, and uh, uh, pharmacies. There's just a lot of places that you can buy them also and uh, secure locations for, um, for your packages if you're receiving them um, in the mail. So those are just some things that we can do to try and cut down on some of those holiday scams that are going, ha going on right now I love and it. ramping up even more. Yeah, they ramp up even more as you go along here towards the end. we got just yes. about a minute left here, but talk about what else you guys are doing with the AARP. I know you have your uh, movies for grown-ups you guys did a few months ago. You have a lot of your webinars, but what's the latest you guys have been doing? Right. And we do also have a holiday concert that's uh, coming up. So we really want people to be aware of that. And if we can go go to our um, AARP Facebook page on Friday evening and that will you'll be able to see that. I love it. AARP.org. Second and the fourth Friday. Yes. Sorry about that. Yes. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah. A lot of great information, <laughs> a lot of great ways that you can get involved and have some fun with it. It's AARP.org slash KS. For the state of Kansas, also find them and follow them on social media. Glenda, we always appreciate it. You have a wonderful week. We'll look forward to chatting with you again here real soon. Thank you. Take care. All right, there it is, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. We're back at it in 2023 for Kansas Talk. Lots of coming up here on KQAM. Until then, everybody have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate, we're back at it in 2023 right here on Kansas Talk on KQAM.